0: The Oilers head to Vegas tonight, but a big win in Arizona may cause concern for the Edmonton Oilers. We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer Brett Holden, as mentioned on today's episode, we're going to talk about that big win for the Edmonton Oilers in the brand new Mullet Arena in Arizona as the Oilers win 5-4 after blowing a two-goal lead in the third period. We'll talk about that and why there may be a little bit of concern Heading into the future after that game. But also on today's episode, the Edmonton Oilers head to Vegas tonight for the second of a back to back as they face Vegas for the second time in three games and another big matchup with the Pacific leading team, Vegas Golden Knights. We preview tonight's matchup against the Golden Knights between the Oilers and the Golden Knights, I should say. And to wrap up today's episode, the ghost of Oilers pass. And this ghost has had a very harrowing journey through the hockey ranks and a very heartbreaking story as well. There is your hint for the ghost of Oilers Pass. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Alrighty, last night the Edmonton Oilers walk away with a big 5-4 victory over the Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Arena. As mentioned, they are the second last team to show up at Mullet Arena and it seemed to be almost rosy for the Edmonton Oilers despite giving up the first goal of the game to the Arizona Coyotes scored by none other than who I think is One of the most underrated players in the NHL today, Matthias Michelli, who should have had a hat trick in last night's game, did end up with two goals in that one. But he did get the scoring started in this game. But the Oilers did end up fighting back, made it 1-1, made it 2-1. They did end up tying it 2-2. Then the Oilers started to run a little bit away with it, scored the goal in the uh, late in the first period, made it 3-2, heading into the uh, first period, or first intermission, I should say, and then the Oilers got that fourth goal in the second period. Seemed like it was all over, but the Edmonton Oilers let the Coyotes back in it. They tied it up at four, but of course, the Edmonton Oilers would go on to win Five for the final score in this one. Now, Edmonton Oilers won this game and got off lucky in this game. Some mates may say the Edmonton Oilers started off with uh, Kane, McDavid, and Yanmark uh, on the top line. Didn't finish that way. And if you we talked about the lines yesterday, didn't a hundred percent expect. Uh, Those lines to continue on the entire game, we know that not only does Woodcroft not necessarily experiment, but the Edmonton Oilers run with the 11-7 lineup constantly. The Edmonton Oilers, forwards and defensemen, not so much the defensemen when they're running 12-6, but more so the forwards when they are running the 12-6 as well they get used to that rotation. So adding Matias Janmark to the first line was never going to be permanent. If you thought so then I don't know what to tell you. Uh but they did not end with the Edmonton Oilers lines that way. Kyler Yamamoto getting some time with Kane and McDavid, McDavid up and down as well on the uh in the lineup as well for the Edmonton Oilers, which is a given but you don't want that to happen. Against the Arizona Coyotes. The Edmonton Oilers were able to take away, not take away, but deduct some minutes from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl into the third period, but they did end up blowing the game, needing to get Connor McDavid. And Leon Draisaitl back on the ice. Evan Bouchard with another two points in this one. He also led the Edmonton Oilers in time on ice last night with 23 minutes and 12 seconds. Second uh, was Darnell Nurse. So Evan Bouchard is getting top pairing minutes alongside Matthias Ekholm. That is really telling you the impact and 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 real embrace that the Edmonton Oilers have had with and from Matthias Ekholm. Leon Dreisaitl getting a goal and an assist in this one. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins also joining the multi-point game club, I should say, uh, with a goal and an assist. Zach Hyman and Darnell Nurse both getting goals in this one. And Nick said also getting an assist on his former team. The Edmonton Oilers did get a little bit of depth scoring. Connor McDavid only getting an assist in this one as well. But the major issue for the Edmonton Oilers, of course, was in net. And that is Jack Campbell in his last game. Not so bad. The Edmonton Oilers did win his last start, and the Edmonton Oilers do win this start as well, but the Edmonton Oilers had to obviously outscore. You have to outscore your opponent to win the game. The Edmonton Oilers had to win that game with their offense, not so much with their defense and their goaltender winning that game for them. The same thing happened in this one with Jack Campbell. It's Stuart Skinner's net. I know that it is not a huge revelation, but the longer you go into this season and the least amount of wins possible or least amount of saves possible you can have going into wins with Jack Campbell, the more you just sit there and go, you, you can't have him going into the playoffs. So Jack Campbell, 29 saves on 33 shots, not bad numbers, but... Could have been better. Either way, the Edmonton Oilers improved to 42 23 and 9, and they look to improve on that record as they head to Vegas for a puck drop at eight o'clock tonight. Yes, the second of a back to back against the Pacific Division leaders. We will preview that game and talk about why the Edmonton Oilers. Might be in even more trouble in this one. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there is no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1 thousand dollars that is up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to fanduel.com locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net unfortunately I had UCLA (sighs) I don't want to talk about it. Either way, it's all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out on your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Alrighty, let's move on to tonight's game between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights as the Oilers go from desert to desert from Arizona to Nevada and going from one of the worst teams in the NHL to, well, possibly one of the best teams in the NHL in the Vegas Golden Knights and certainly the best team in the Pacific Division now these two teams last met on Saturday where the Vegas Golden Knights pulled off that 4 three overtime win at rogers place a lot of disconcern and discontent i guess around that overtime as well let's be real evander kane could have had a better effort in front of the net, leaving Ryan Nugent Hopkins all alone to deal with Nicholas Waugh in front of the net. And then there's people saying, oh, well, Nugent should have rubbed the guy out in the, on the sidewall and all this and that. And It's all quite playoff-feely, you know? The Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights have never met in the playoffs before, but after Saturday's game, I think a lot of people around the NHL have drastically been itching for it ever since. The Edmonton Oilers are able to get through the Los Angeles Kings right now. We could end up seeing a very different standings by the end of the season, but the Edmonton Oilers are able to get through Los Angeles Kings, we could have a very exciting series between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. However, that is if the Edmonton Oilers are able to clean up one of their major issues that seems to haunt them ever since halfway through last year, and that is the Edmonton Oilers love to play either up or down to their opponent's level. We saw it against San Jose, twice against Arizona, against the Anaheim Ducks. You sit there, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sometimes those Chicago Blackhawks games, you sat there going, this team should not be in the situation they're in right now. But then they go up against the Boston Bruins, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Los Angeles Kings, and they go out there and put up the Dallas Stars. They put out... Great performances. The Oilers beat the Boston Bruins without a single Connor McDavid point. And everybody always goes out there going, Oh, if you shut down Connor McDavid, then the Oilers aren't gonna win. Well, then tell that to Boston. And Leon Dreisidel also only got a secondary assist on the Darnell Nurse game-winning goal because it happened, what, off of a face-off, if I'm not mistaken. This is a more than one-dimensional team. This is a multi-dimensional team, if you want to put it that way. And not a lot of people understand it. But the Edmonton Oilers, if they are to take that next step, need to take those multi-dimensions and shape it into their own. And against the Vegas Golden Knights, if the Edmonton Oilers aren't able to play like the Edmonton Oilers, not only tonight, but potentially in the playoffs, They are in a bad spot. Tonight specifically, coming back from what should have been an easy win against the Arizona Coyotes, the Edmonton Oilers come in kind of laboring off of a 5-4 victory into a hostile environment. We talked about how last game on Saturday, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers played Four separate games in one game. First period, the second period, the third period, the fourth period, the overtime period. The Edmonton Oilers tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights need to win those four separate games within the game. How do they do that? Outscore their opponent in each of the periods tonight. They don't even honestly have to outscore them in every single period just so long they outscore them in general. But they need to win every individual battle starting with the first period. You need to win the first period. The Edmonton Oilers are a better team after leading after 40 minutes or after 20 minutes, excuse me. Even better when they're leading after 40 minutes. But they need to get the lead First, don't uh, imagine there will be much movement when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers lineup. However, I would imagine that the uh, first line of Evander Kane, Connor McDavid and Matthias Janmark is likely to change. But with that being said, not much in regards to lineup changes, because this was likely the back end of the travel day for the Edmonton Oilers, not likely to get much on the ice. I will suggest that the Edmonton Oilers may go with an 11-7 lineup, probably taking out Clean Coston, who has had a decent uh, game or did have a decent game uh, last night, has been around the net the last couple of games as well. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the Edmonton Oilers go 11-7 and add the extra body of philip broberg wouldn't be shocked there as well last 10 games for the last 13 games for the edmonton oilers 10 2 and 1 last 10 games 8 1 and 1 so edmonton oilers coming into this game with a big run of form i guess you can say but that one in that overtime column thanks to the Vegas Golden Knights. The Edmonton Oilers look to improve on that 13-game, 10-game, and their overall 42-23-9 record when they head to Vegas tonight to face off against the Pacific leading division, Vegas Golden Knights. Let's wrap up today's episode with the ghost of Oilers past, and this one post-career became a best-selling author. We will talk about him in just a second. All righty, let's wrap up today's episode with the ghost of Oilers past. And this ghost has had a very interesting NHL career, but had also a very prolific junior and youth hockey career growing up. But it wasn't without any hardships. And all those hardships were documented in his book, Breaking Away, By Patrick O'Sullivan, one of the most heartbreaking books I have read and just one of the most heartbreaking stories in the sports world. And Patrick O'Sullivan quietly went through a horror story that he didn't get to outline until the end of his career. Patrick O'Sullivan, uh, personally for me, was one of my favorite Oilers for a weird little stretch. I think he was more of an obscured favorite Oiler that I always liked. Also, mostly because or partly because he was involved in one of the craziest Edmonton Oilers or weirdest Edmonton Oilers trades in history and franchise history, but also because he was one of my first interviews, non-professional interviews that I had ever done he was a very, very wholesome and nice guy to somebody who was just trying to break into the industry and was able to give two guys who were doing an interview in in random SUV in a McDonald's parking lot over the phone a chance to talk to him about this beautiful book. But I really loved... Patrick O'Sullivan for his time as an Edmonton Oiler I didn't think he was treated right as an Edmonton Oiler most players around that time wasn't really at all treated well but Patrick O'Sullivan was traded on March 4th 2009 to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange well it was a three-way deal first of all he was Traded from the LA Kings to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Justin Williams. Then the Carolina Hurricanes flipped Patrick O'Sullivan to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for a guy who had just played for their organization, Eric Cole. Also coming to the Edmonton Oilers in that deal was Alash Kodalik. In, again, like I said, one of the weirdest trades in Edmonton Oilers history. The Edmonton Oilers traded Eric Cole to acquire Patrick O'Sullivan and Alash Kodalik. Justin Williams also in that deal as well. But that all happened in the 2009 NHL trade deadline. And Patrick O'Sullivan would end up ending the year as an Edmonton Oiler and would end up finishing the following year as an Edmonton Oilers, but that would be all his time in Edmonton playing 92 games as an Edmonton Oiler scoring 13 goals, 27 assists, 40 points and his, in his second season as an Edmonton Oilers, 73 games played, 11 goals 23 assists, 34 points not too bad for a player who was really starting to come into his own as an NHLer at the time he was really starting to establish himself as a a career NHLer, but just got put on a bad team in a bad situation. And as he wrote in his book, if I'm not mistaken, he found out uh, that he was traded while on vacation in a pool. It's it was a very weird situation with the Edmonton and him. But the way he got de- dealt from the Edmonton Oilers is on August fourth, two thousand eleven. Patrick O'Sullivan was placed on waivers alongside Edmonton Oilers captain Ethan Morrow and Robert Nielsen. Remember Robert Nielsen, the guy the Edmonton Oilers acquired alongside Ryan O'Mara? For Ryan Smith, the Edmonton Oilers placed those three players on waivers. And after Patrick O'Sullivan cleared, the Edmonton Oilers would send Patrick O'Sullivan to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Jim Vandermeer. Yes, Jim Vandermeer was the player that he was exchanged for. Patrick O'Sullivan would be bought out by the Arizona Coyotes, would then end up signing With the Carolina Hurricanes, the team the Edmonton Oilers technically acquired him from, the team that he was flipped from in that initial trade to Edmonton from Los Angeles, he would then only play a couple of games there, getting health-bombed or healthy-scratched. 10 times before he was then sent away. Now, the other thing, too, about him being uh, signing, I guess, with Carolina was the fact that he was the first North Carolinan to ever play for the Carolina Hurricanes. Fun fact there. But Patrick O'Sullivan would then leave the Arizona Coyotes uh, or the Carolina Hurricanes, excuse me. Then he would head off to Finland for one more year in professional hockey, but he would call it a career in 2012-2013. Since then, he kind of stayed in the spotlight after re- or, uh, releasing his first book, as mentioned, Breaking Away, an absolutely heartbreaking story, really worth the read. It is uh, uh, a great representation of the toxicity in youth sports that not a lot of people are willing to talk about, and especially when it comes to parental advisories. It is a a fantastic story, a heartbreaking story, but a fantastic revealing of somebody who has to go through something like that from the eyes of somebody who has to go through such a a sad state of, of affairs, really. But, Um, Patrick O'Sullivan would release Breaking Away and would stay kind of in the spotlight for a little bit, staying on Twitter, becoming a little bit of a, not Twitter pundit, but kind of similar to what you see with guys like uh, uh, Shane O'Brien as well, guys like that, that you see Mark Mathot as well, who's on Locked On Senators all the time, just kind of staying around the game, being a a Twitter pundit, coming out on uh, uh, Sportsnet, stuff like that, appearing a couple times here and there on TV broadcasts, but hasn't really been active since about 2015, 2016, 2017. Uh, So... Patrick O'Sullivan living the retired life, uh, hopefully all the best to Patrick O'Sullivan as uh, he is not only a fantastic hockey player, was a fantastic hockey player, a fantastic hockey mind as well, but also gave people the time that sometimes you might not think deserved the time, and that included myself. So, today's Ghost of Oilers Pass may be a little bit more personal than it should have been, but Patrick O'Sullivan Thank you for really sharing your story and giving uh, a young kid who wasn't even in college yet an opportunity to talk hockey with you. Let's wrap up today's episode. The Edmonton Oilers face off against the Vegas Golden Knights tonight in eight o'clock puck drop in Vegas. That game is going to be exciting. We will have an entire review of, of that game on tomorrow's episode. Until then, hopefully, the Edmonton Oilers can come away with a victory and we can all play La Bomba, baby.